So now we have the opportunity to listen to the Dhamma. So with training in samadhi, this is bringing the mind to firmness. This is something that's very important. So there's the composure, the collectedness of the body, of the speech, and of the mind. In collecting the body and speech, this is sila, or virtue. And it's something that we need to use a lot of forbearance and endurance in order to pull the mind in like this, or to restrain ourselves like this. And when we receive any sensory impressions, these external sensory impressions, so sights and sounds, and tastes, odors, tactile sensations, and these are things that we receive through our sensory organs, so that our bodies, they have eyes and ears and nose and tongue, and then the skin, and then there's the heart, which receives these mental impressions as well. So when there's this sense contact like this, then this gives rise to craving, to feeling, and then craving, and then clinging, and then becoming birth and suffering. And on each occasion when there's sense contact, then this happens each time and gives rise to this feeling which then goes into craving and clinging each time. And so there's attachment there each time. There's a sense of self, a me and a mind that arises. That I am the one that sees. I am the one that hears and that tastes and smells and feels. I'm the one that feels hardness or softness. And I am the one that thinks as well. And these thoughts, this proliferation that arises in the mind, these Dhamma Aramanas. And when this happens, the mind runs after all of these sense impressions. And it's constantly being pulled into either liking or disliking. And so a sense of self arises as a being, a me, an individual, a me or a you. And so suffering comes up. So when we receive things that we desire, that we wish for, then we feel happy. When we get that which we don't desire, then there's suffering that appears. And we may think um, that the more that we seek out the things that we like, the things that we desire, then the happier that we'll be. But in truth, that search has no end to it. And so there's a saying that the more that we seek, the further we, we are away. The further that we get from true happiness, from true peace. That we may get some happiness, but it doesn't just stop there. That we try to seek 
ever-increasing amounts of happiness. And then when we get that happiness, and that happiness is finished, then we suffer. So this doesn't give us true peace. It doesn't give us genuine happiness. A genuine happiness which is lasting and stable, it doesn't give us, give us that. So there's this saying that the more that we seek it out, the further away we are from true happiness. And the more we try to seek out things to be ours, belong to us, well, what's that like? And do we get further away from peace then? Do we get further away from nibbana then? That each time that we seek these things out, that we get further and further away. So we see that for Dharma practitioners, the things that we want are a true knowledge, is this seeing the Dhamma. And really the Dhamma is a nature, and this is in front of us all the time. It's arising, staying for a while and ceasing, that nature is like this all the time. But it's just that the hearts of people are deluded and they aren't aware of this. And so the suffering appears within them. So we can see that in the material things that people have or in the animals that they own with their pet dogs or pet cats. And so there's a connection that these people have to those pets and a kind of attachment there. But then when those pets um, get harmed or they pass away, then suffering appears. So the things that give us happiness become the cause for suffering. And this is even more so with the body that we really strongly attach to as being us and belonging to us. Because when that body changes, then we take it as me that changes. When it gets old, then I get old. And when it dies, and then it's me that dies, but really it's just the body that dies. So we should contemplate to see whether our hearts wish for these things. Do they want for us to have old age and sickness and death? Well, they don't want that, but these things are natural. So when we see the nature of them, then we can separate them out and see how the body is one thing and the mind is another thing. But, and this is also true with all of the sense impressions that the mind receives, that they are one thing and the mind is something else. It's just that this delusion comes up temporarily within the mind. But we meet with these things frequently, and then delusion comes up frequently. So we don't perceive emptiness there. Therefore we need to train our minds to bring them to peace. Because if we don't train them, then they won't become still. And their nature is to always be running, 
running following these sense impressions constantly. So that's why we need a meditation object, such as Buddha or Dhammo or Sangha, or knowing the in and out breath, that these are skillful means to bring our minds to peace. And we have sila there, this virtue, as our foundation. Because sometimes the amount of mindfulness and samadhi that we have is very small, not enough to be able to bring the mind into peace. But we still have enough awareness and mindfulness to know that the mind has gone into liking or disliking, or that there is fear that has arisen. So in that case, we can bring up a chant or a mantra. We can recollect the great qualities of the Buddha, for example, to bring up bravery. How the Buddha was one who was perfect in conduct and in knowledge. And he had great bravery. He wasn't afraid of anything whatsoever. So we can recollect the Buddha as the object of our mind or recollect the great qualities of the Dhamma or the Sangha as well in order to bring our hearts to peace. Or for members of the monastic community, they can contemplate how the body is something that is unattractive in order to stop the heart from liking and being attracted to our bodies or the bodies of others. And this too is a means of bringing the mind to peace. And sometimes, however, these meditation objects, they just don't stick with the mind or the mind can't stay with them and it carries on proliferating. So here we need to forbear We need to keep our sila well. Whether there's love or hate appearing in the mind, we keep our sila, our virtue, and be careful there. Having this restraint, composure over acts of body and speech, and composing our hearts well. Bringing the heart to a sense of firmness. Whether standing, walking, sitting, lying down, that we are mindful. Whether we're drinking, or eating, listening, speaking, thinking, then we're mindful and careful. So we need to train ourselves, because if we don't train our minds, then they won't be peaceful at all. Therefore, we do need to train these minds, and the mind that is well-trained brings us happiness. Through virtue, composure of acts of body and speech, and through samadhi is composure of the mind. And then we contemplate into the nature of all physical and mental things, seeing how they are anicca, dukkha, anatta, how they're changing, they're stressful, they're not self. And then steadily, surely, and we'll come to know and to see. And this happens little by little. And in the end, we'll be able to gain an understanding that allows our hearts to let go. So may you set your heart on this.